0: It's the 13th of October 2017 and this is the Room Now Week in Review. I'm Dr. Jack Cush, Executive Editor of RoomNow.com. A lot of good news on our website this week. At the top we have a report of an anti-HIV antiviral drug that's been shown to have some anti-fibrotic potential. The drug is known as nelfinavir. It's been studied elsewhere but uh, in culture it seems like it may have some effects on TGF-beta-1. Uh, And what they did was they used a bleomycin-induced animal model of systemic sclerosis. uh, And when using this antiviral drug, they showed that they could decrease TGF-beta-1 myofibroblast differentiation and pulmonary fibrosis in the animal model, suggesting that it may be a future useful therapy in patients with scleroderma. Hopefully more to come. Uh, A nice review was published uh, in the last week about a very rare event, anti-malarial cardiomyopathy. Uh, I don't, can't say I've ever seen I have seen anti-malarial hydroxychloroquine uh, myopathy, but cardiomyopathy I must say I haven't seen. This particular collection had 47 cases, about 15 each with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, and s- not surprisingly, this was not a good outcome, 45% mortality. Such patients um, need to be thought of if they're on a high dose and a chronic dose of an antimalarial, our most common one would be hydroxychloroquine, they tend to present as CHF or as uh, syncope or um, multiple levels of AV block. So this should be thought of. It's a rare event but it could happen. Uh, A study of almost 1500 rheumatoid arthritis patients from the French um, REGATE study looked at the incidence of serious infectious events and what the predictors were. Um, I thought this was a little bit novel. Their SIE rate was, as expected, about 4.9 per 100 patient years. And But what they found was that uh, the rate was higher in those who were taking leflunomide, those who had a high DAS-28 score, those who were ACPA negative, and those with an, an absolute neutrophil count of greater than 5,000. Some of those were expected. Why leflunomide? Maybe it's because it's second or third line. Why ACPA negative, I'm not really that clear about. Um, Certainly I can understand the high DAS scores because we do know that inflammation drives infectious risk. So, and then the ANC greater than 5,000, I find surprising, I would think maybe neutropenia, lymphopenia, but in fact they found a high uh, ANC count. Maybe such patients were primed in some way to get infection. Interesting observations, ones that should be replicated elsewhere. A prospective study looked at the uh, success of withdrawing nonsteroidal therapy in RA patients who were in low disease activity state with a DAS of less than 3.2. They were able to achieve this in a 16-week study, I believe, uh, in 85% of the patients. And what importantly they they, they did show was that there was no significant change in patient reported outcomes and in DASH 28 scores. This was uh, especially successful in those who had no swollen joints at baseline or at the time that they withdrew the drug. So uh, maybe that's the profile you're looking for if you want to stop nonsteroidal. Certainly, many of our patients are going to do that with successful therapy anyway, but it's nice to have indicators where it may be successful. Uh, Uveitis may occur in adults who previously had JIA, a study um, of uh, 19 patients who had JIA onset 9 years of age and the median uh, adult age of uveitis onset was 26 years. Um, Most of these did respond well to topical and or systemic therapies, but uh, you might want to consider that uveitis could still occur in JIA, even as an adult, and certainly even suggest your patients have an ophthalmologist who will follow them intermittently, yearly, maybe twice yearly. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, A sort of review of the sensitivity and specificity of ultrasound in gout Looked at 11 studies in 938 patients and came up with the following numbers. The sensitivity, only 65%. But yet the specificity was really quite high, which was almost 90%, 89%. So uh, there is certainly a a real utility in uh, using ultrasound in patients with suspected gout. Uh, It certainly may even uh, supplant the use of crystal analysis, which is the gold standard. A multi-center study of 135 JIA patients who were in good shape, had uh, achieved remission or LDAS, and they stopped their biologic. Not a good idea. Uh, 76% of them flared. It was more likely to uh, have flared and not do well if they were in remission for less than two years. So the benchmark for biologic withdrawal in JIA, polyarticular JIA, would be being in remission for greater than two years and then consider it. You know, most of these studies that are withdrawal studies have basically shown us patients want it. uh, We'd love to simplify therapy, but really rheumatoid arthritis, JIA, these are too complex a disorder to uh, really ever achieve uh, drug withdrawal. Uh, Certainly dose um, reduction, uh, interval uh, lengthening, but to go off drugs uh, even when you're in remission is probably not a good idea for the majority of patients. A meta-analysis of 38 studies looked at stem cell transplant in patients with PSS. The study was really messy, there's a lot of heterogeneity in this study. But overall suggested that that there was improvement in both skin outcomes and lung uh, FVC outcomes in these patients. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say what this means. This is certainly a reporting bias, the successful, a review of the successful cases reported in the literature. My own N of 1 experience is that a patient did fabulously well with very aggressive disease. Uh, the patient did not go unscarred um, and, and did have significant lung and renal disease even after this, but they halted the disease in my case. So, again, this may be something to consider while we're waiting for something to work scleroderma. A study of 31,465 patients on urate lowering therapy, a claims data study, showed that the risk of renal disease was lower with allopurinol compared to febuxostat. In fact, it was 39% lower. Uh, and I think that, not surprisingly, uh, it would make sense that higher doses are associated with higher risks, especially with febuxostat. I'm sorry, with, with allopurinol, not necessarily with febuxostat. Uh, an interesting report about the use of rituximab and schonlein purpura, as you know, a difficult disorder, often refractory. Um, you're not supposed to use DMARDs and biologics. Nothing seems to really affect the outcomes here. But in this cohort of 21 patients with refractory Henoch-Schönlein purpura, uh, they were treated with standard doses of rituximab, 20 out of 21 achieved remission, uh, as manifest as l- uh, less proteinuria, lower BVAS Uh, the Birmingham vasculitis activity scores, lower CRP levels, yet there still was a 35% relapse. So is this in advance, uh, something to maybe consider? It might be for those people who have refractory refractory disease um, that are on too high a dose of steroids uh, and are steroid-dependent, it might be a reasonable option uh... i don't know if you're bothered by the current state of affairs with narcotic use in the united states but i am uh... i can understand the hysteria and the um... legislative changes and the difficulty uh... and the restrictions that are imposed what bothers me greatly is that patients who need pain medicine are not getting pain medicine and that's because most rheumatologists are not writing it most family practitioners are not writing for narcotics and even a lot of the um, um, pain uh, uh, management physicians are trying to write for less uh, of these narcotics this is all made worse by news that as of january 1st Cigna will stop covering the oxycontin so i think you're going to see more of these measures and the question is who's going to protect the patient who really does need a narcotic agent uh i want to congratulate and thank all of the physician assistant out, uh, physician assistants out there i just found out today that this was physician assistant week uh, and i think we should acknowledge our physician assistants um, give them a, a great big pat on the back for the great work they do with them with us you know i, I did a survey this uh, this last month and published the results this week on how we need more uh, physician assistants and nurse practitioners, the data is pretty staggering. You know, half of us are using physician extenders; more than half have never used or don't know about physician extenders. Uh, and when asked what you know, who would you want to work with, and and what your preferences are, rheumatologists. Not surprising, you want to see more young rheumatologists enter the marketplace. Uh, and they, and then as a secondary um, uh, choice, yes, we'll take more uh, NPs and PAs if necessary. But there's a gigantic, you know, manpower shortage uh, as of. 2015, I think it was 4,500 um, rheumatologists in the United States, and that's going to drop significantly by 2020 to somewhere in the 3,000s, 3, maybe 3,500. Um, and, and the problem is, it The shortage is not going to be made up by our training programs. There's a problem with our training programs. Some are expanding. Some don't have the funds to expand. Uh, You have to get approval to do this. There are A lot of programs stopped seeing training fellows a long time ago. So, you know, replacing the need with more rheumatologists is going to be almost impossible. Rheumatologists need to get on board with physician physician extenders. If you read the article, you'll see some of the evidence. That's pretty overwhelming about how good they are in in covering your patients. They're not restricted. They see all patients. They do mostly outpatient care. Um, The biggest problem with uh, physician extenders has been their education. Most of them are t- received just on-the-job training. Almost none of them have gone through any specific curriculum or certification course. And the ACR needs to step up and develop a rheumatologist NPPA um, committee to develop these resources and develop the training and, and take seriously what is going to be part of our future um, in delivering care for the m- millions who are going to have uh, musculoskeletal conditions in the next uh, two decades. Uh, I, uh, you can find that citation on the website. Lastly, there's a new drug that was approved in the, uh, last Friday, in fact, by the FDA, it's called Uh It is a um, combination drug. It's a triamcinolone acetate that's been mixed with a vehicle that increases the duration of effects to weeks to months. So a single injection priced at almost $1,000 per injection is now available for those who have osteoarthritis of the knee. This company has provided some data. I put it on the, on, in the article showing the cost efficacy of this very expensive version of a very cheap drug. Uh, will it be worth it? Will rheumatologists use it? Hard to say, but we'll look and see what you do. That's it for this uh, week in RoomNow.com and the weekend Review. Go to the website, check out the citations, read more on a lot of this good news. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.